0: you're listening to The Best in Wealth Podcast, episode number 78. This is The Best in Wealth Podcast, a show for successful family stewards who want real answers about wealth and investing so we can feel secure about our family's future. At The Best in Wealth Podcast, we think differently about wealth and investing. You should do... Well, hello everybody, my name is Scott Wellens and I am your host of the Best in Wealth Podcast. This is a show dedicated to helping real people, yes, that is you, build real wealth so together we can take family stewardship to the next level. I am a certified financial planner, an educator, and a wealth advisor. And today's episode is The Stock Market Hates Uncertainty. But don't get fooled by the title. And before we get to the topic of the day, I have a little advice for you. Don't ever build a house. <laughs> now, I don't, I don't really mean that. But think long and hard before you do build a house. Because I'm telling you, as family stewards, as people who listen to this show, I know you have a keen eye on your spending, And building a house has so many different unknowns, it can be a huge budget buster. In fact, it has been the biggest budget buster I've ever been a part of. Thankfully, for the most part, we have things under control because I grew up with home building. My dad is a retired home builder from Green Bay, Wisconsin. Ron Wellens Custom Homes was his business. I grew up around new houses my whole life, and I, I worked for my dad summers in, in college and in high school. And even I remember as a young boy sweeping up after the framers or whatever got done. And I remember helping my dad out and working those, those summers, thinking to myself, someday I'm going to build a house for my family. It's always been a dream of mine. One thing we know is as a family steward that we know that on this great earth we have a finite number of years that we're going to live. And if we have a cornerstone that we need to build abundance in and it works within our plan, by all means, you need to make it happen. Well, building a house for my family was just that and my wife and i we worked really hard trying to zero in on exactly what we wanted with this house you know when you're building a new house these contractors give you allowances for things like carpeting and lighting and plumbing fixtures those types of things there's a there's a ton of them but we worked hard trying to zero in exactly what we wanted so there would be no surprises later and we would we would up the allowance that we wanted within our overall budget to make sure it all fit in just right well then you start going through the process and it comes down to making some final decisions on on things like flooring and even like doorknobs and handles for your kitchen cabinets and I realized that every time my wife opened her mouth I was writing a check for another $1,000. That's the way it worked. That's the way it seemed like it worked. But to be fair, when I opened my mouth up too, I seemed to be writing a check. And I'm gonna be happy when this whole process is over because I want my family to live in our forever home as quickly as possible. And we're about three months away from being completed. Well, remember, if you're going to build a house, just make sure that you're very meticulous on exactly what you want and that it fits in your budget before you start. And then add even extra and make sure that fits in your budget. Because otherwise, you'll be surprised every time you open your mouth and there's another change order. Let's get to the topic of the day. The market hates uncertainty. The stock market hates uncertainty. Have you ever heard that phrase before? The market hates uncertainty. It's been a common enough saying in recent years. And what do people mean when they say the market hates uncertainty? Are we uncertain about about who our president is going to be? Or are we uncertain about if interest rates will go up or not? What is it? And how logical is that question? Because there's many different aspects to uncertainty. Some that can be measured and some that cannot but uncertainty is an unchangeable condition of existence. As individuals, we feel more or less uncertain, but that is a distinctly human phenomenon. So rather than ebbing and flowing with investor sentiment, uncertainty is an inherent and ever-present part of investing in markets. And what I mean is, uncertainty never goes away and i'm going to show you why on the things that we can measure any investment that has an expected return above the prevailing risk-free rate so think about like t-bills for u.s investors well this involves trading off certainty with a potentially increased return Because if you have your money in a savings account and you're earning, I don't know, a quarter of a percent right now, for the most part, that is your risk-free rate. You're not taking any risk at all. Although actually, if you look at it, you are because you're taking inflation risk, but that's a whole nother story. But anything above that, if you want to return above that risk-free rate, You need to trade that off with uncertainty. If you want higher returns, you need uncertainty. You will have uncertainty. So when you read an article about the market's just uncertain right now because we're in the middle of an election cycle or whatever, fill in the blanks because there's something always happening. Well, it will never change. That uncertainty is what's going to get you a higher return, potentially, with your money. Consider this concept through the lens of stock versus bond investments, okay? Stocks have a higher expected return than bonds, largely because there's more uncertainty about the future state of the world for stock investors than there are bond investors, Let's break it down a little bit more. Bonds, for the most part, they have a fixed coupon payments and a maturity date at which principal is expected to be repaid. You take your $1,000, for example, and you buy a bond. And in return, you're getting this coupon payment, this interest rate for a set period of time. And when that period of time is over, you get your money back. Those are bonds. Stocks don't have any of that. And bonds also sit higher in a company's capital structure, which means in the event the firm goes bust, goes bankrupt, bondholders get paid before stockholders. So the question is, do investors, do you avoid stocks in favor of bonds as a result of this increased uncertainty? And what we find is it's quite the contrary. Many investors end up allocating money to stocks due to their higher expected return and in the end many investors are often willing to make the trade-off of bearing some increased uncertainty for potential higher returns let's try and quantify this a little bit okay let's define a couple of things i talked about expected return in these last couple minutes and when i say expected return i mean not a guaranteed return, but potentially an average return if you hold the investment for a long period of time. Short-term bonds have a different expected return than long-term bonds. Higher credit rated bonds have a lower expected return than high yield bonds or junk bonds, which have a lower credit quality. Stocks have a higher expected return than bonds, but within stocks, Small company stocks have a higher expected return than large company stocks. And value stocks have a higher expected return than growth stocks. And then we go outside of the United States into the emerging markets. Emerging market stocks have a higher expected return than U.S. stocks. And every time this expected return goes up, your uncertainty goes up. But I want to quantify the uncertainty for you. So this is just a hypothetical example. Let's say you have a stock investment that has an expected return of 10%, which means if you hold it for a long period of time, the average return or expected return should be around 10%, no guarantees at all. But then here's your uncertainty. Your uncertainty goes back to statistics. Because for every investment or group of stocks or asset class, we can come up with the standard deviation of the asset class. And standard deviation are just the dispersion of returns around that expected average. So the larger the standard deviation, the more your uncertainty So let's go back to the the 10% example. So if you have a 10% expected return, but your standard deviation is 15%, if you want a 95% probability of where your stock return is going to end up in any given year, you take that standard deviation and you subtract it from the expected return twice and you add it. To the expected return twice. So I would take my expected return 10%, subtract the 15% the 15% standard deviation twice on the one end, which would give me negative 20%. If I add it twice on the other end, I come up with a positive 45%. So now I know with 95% probability that if I want to invest in this particular asset that has an expected return of 10% on any given year, my returns could fall anywhere between negative 20% and positive 45%. I know that's a that's a huge range of returns, but that's the uncertainty of your investment. You don't know where it's going to land on any given year. It might be negative 18% it might be positive 40% or anywhere in between. But when that return comes in at the end of the year and it lands anywhere between negative 20 and positive 45, you should not be surprised at all because it had a 95% probability of a landing anywhere in between those two values. And really there's a 5% chance that it could land outside of those values using Statistic analysis. So that is your uncertainty quantified. If I want to invest in this asset, I need to accept that on any given year, I could see anywhere between negative 20% and positive 45%. And if you can't stomach that, well, then that's not within your risk tolerance. Let's take another example bonds or a hypothetical bond, or group of bonds. Because this is not, what I'm giving you right now are just numbers that I scratched on a paper, not a particular investment. But let's say, for example, this particular bond had an expected return of 5%, half as much as that hypothetical stock investment. And the standard deviation was 7%. Well, now when I use the same analysis, I see that my range of returns are between negative nine and positive 19. I took that expected return of five, subtracted it twice, and on the other end, took the expected return of five and added it twice and came up with a 95% probability that this particular hypothetical investment would range between negative 9% and positive 19%. And if I hold that investment for a long period of time, I should expect a 5% return, not a guaranteed return. In the world of statistics, the longer you hold an asset class, the closer you should come to that expected return. If that range that I just gave you more fits your risk tolerance, well, you should be in some sort of investments that overall fit that type of uncertainty. But that uncertainty, it never changes either. Just because now we know who is president for the next four years does not change the uncertainty. The uncertainty will always exist. And that standard deviation, well, it changes too. And it depends how far back you're looking. So does the expected return. So back to the market hates uncertainty. So while, while the statement the market hates uncertainty may not be totally logical, it doesn't mean it lacks educational value. It's not logical because really, we want, if we want a higher expected return, we should embrace uncertainty, not hate it. Because if there wasn't any uncertainty, we would end up with a lower expected return because why would the market pay me 10% if I knew that I was gonna get that every year? Who would ever invest in savings accounts or bonds if that 10% was guaranteed? But thinking about what the statement is expressing allows us to gain insight into the the mindset of individuals. The statement attempts to personify the market by ascribing the very real nervousness and fear felt by some investors when volatility increases. It is recognition of the fact that when markets go up and down, many investors struggle to separate their emotions from their investments. It ultimately tells us that for many an investor, regardless of whether markets are reaching new highs or declining, changes in market prices can be a source of anxiety, and in some cases, a lot of anxiety. And during these periods, it may not feel like a good time to invest because only with the benefit of hindsight do we feel as if we know whether any time period was a good one to be invested. Unfortunately, while the past may be a prologue, the future will forever remain uncertain. This is why we need an investment mix that A, fits within our risk tolerance, B, fits within our risk capacity, and C, fits within everything we want to accomplish in life, building up our cornerstones, and not take more risk than we want to or need to To live the life that we want to live. Otherwise, we're going to be faced with more anxiety than we can handle and ultimately sell at the worst possible time. And then all bets are off on this whole expected return business because chances are you won't be around when the returns start coming in. You see, part of being able to stay unemotional during periods when it feels like uncertainty has increased is having an appropriate asset allocation that is in line with your willingness and ability to bear risk, your capacity, and your tolerance. It helps to remember that during what feels like good times and bad, one wouldn't expect to earn a higher return without taking on some form of risk. While a decline in markets may not feel good, having a portfolio you are comfortable with, understanding that uncertainty is part of investing and sticking to a plan that is agreed upon in advance and reviewed on on a regular basis can help investors from reacting emotionally. And this, my friends, will hopefully lead to a better investment experience. You know, you turn on one of the financial news stations and all you hear are a bunch of talking heads, talking about which stocks to buy, when to get into stocks, when to sell stocks, when to get into the bond market, when the bear market will start, when the bull market's going to end. And we feed off of that as investors. Well, first of all, it makes us very confused. But second of all, it makes us feel like we need to take part in whatever they're talking about. And we need to buy and sell at specific times. When that's not the case at all for family stewards, not even close. This whole business about trying to figure out how much uncertainty we can handle, and how much risk we can handle in our portfolio, and making a plan now and then sticking with the plan, in reviewing it, periodically, that's what's going to make you successful. Not all of this noise that you hear. This noise that you hear is the noise that's going to make you unsuccessful if you listen too much to it. That is the truth, my friends. And if, if you're struggling with your portfolio, if you want an x-ray on your portfolio, if you want me to tell you how much risk is within your portfolio, you email me, scott at bestinwealth.com. I will give you what your expected return is and your uncertainty around it. And then you can see if that fits with inside your risk tolerance and the goals that you want to achieve. All you need to do is email me, scott at BestInWealth.com, to start the conversation. Because once you are confident in your investment process and confident about moving forward, that's when the anxiety comes down and that's when you can live a better life. Hey, wow, my time is up, I gotta go. But I'll see you guys next time. I'll see you on the flip side. Bye-bye, everyone.